Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. We thank you, Jesus, for the awesome price that you paid for our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that you were the only one that could pay that. And you didn't have to, but you chose to. We thank you that you did it because you loved us and because you wanted to bring us close to yourself. So we thank you, Jesus, that even tonight you're drawing us closer to you. We thank you, Jesus, for those that don't know you tonight, that, Jesus, they would see you. They would see who you are and they would experience you tonight. And all of us, that we would draw closer to you and come to know you more and be changed by you. We thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. All righty. I'm coming down. I don't like being up here. So, um, is it feeling, yeah, feeling a bit dark, so. It's kind of like youth night. I don't know if it's too hip for tonight, but. um, So, we had a really good replenish retreat last week, and uh, those uh, hearing all the different uh, testimonies of lives, and I know uh, being changed and, you know, as you walk it out, you, you begin to see a lot of those things, you know, that were done inside of you um, begin to change. And everything is many times looks different um, because when you change, everything changes. And that's so important. And, and the world looks at it the other way. They say, you know, do enough of this, do enough of that, do enough. It's always the outward change will, will bring a change, but God's the opposite. He's like, he does the work inside, and it changes everything out, outwardly. Amen? So it's exciting, but there's, there's three, four things that he uh, came out, that, that, and I set, alluded to it last week, and I'm going to be bringing this out um, for the next little bit just because I believe it's something God's doing. But he, 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 he said new thoughts, new dreams, new ways, new season and and we're gonna and i'm looking now at scripture it's funny when you see when god plants something in your mind and you begin to see things differently it's like before we had a baby i didn't notice babies but after you know you had a baby then you notice all these other babies around it just it changes your perspective when god gives you something or a new thought or begins to open your eyes to something you begin to see everything that's around that and so, and, and I believe in this season um, there, that there, he has to bring these new thoughts. He has to bring new dreams in order to begin to do, unfold new ways. And we, as all human beings are, we are conditioned to follow a certain path, follow a certain, and we all, you know, sure, there's the odd person that likes to wing it here and there, but for the most part, People are, want to have, that's why our McDonald's and all these places, like they're predictable, right? They, it's this, I know I can get this. I know this, 
it's not food, but yes, uh, <laughs> it's predictable, and it's, it's, it, you can count on it. But how many know God's not into that? And um, he, if we look at Scripture, he's continually changing things. He's continually making things better. He's continually walking with him is progressive in that. Even the revelation of him from the beginning of Scripture to now, he's continually unfolding who he is. And when he does, that changes everything around us. And so um, there was something that I was looking at this, this week. Uh, I don't know if I should switch mics because I'm... I think I'm going to Bieber it up. Put my Bieber mic on. Probably doesn't use this one anymore. It's probably more high-tech stuff now that he uses. But this way I don't have to hold the mic and be thinking about it. Are we good? I think I have it on. There we are. I sound like I'm in a tin can. Or as they say in Newfoundland, you sound like you're in a barrel. I'm going to get that to the sound guy. Oh, it doesn't look right. <laughs> I look like I have a tail. All right. I don't know if you want to take that back to charge it. It's getting low. All right, so um, <clears throat> the thing that I realize with God is we, we operate in one world. He operates in another. And when Jesus came, we see this throughout Scripture. We see that he was, um, he was living in a, in a different reality many times than the, his disciples and the ones that he was with. And they, they didn't always pick it up, and he would have to explain it to them. And we're going to look at this in, in this passage and many of you are familiar with this account but i want us to look at it with fresh eyes again i want us to believe god for for new thoughts for a, a new way of seeing things let's be expecting um to begin to see these things my wife woke up with having a dream of someone that we've been praying for and we're believing for them to come back to the lord and and god gave her a dream of this person and she saw it and it's a situation where you know you can't really see like in the natural when you're up against something for a, a long period of time you're, you you don't think it'll ever change but then god gives you a dream and shows you a picture that's totally contrary to your picture and that's what dreams and visions do the, the language of the spirit it's the way that god communicates to us from the the chasm between his reality and our reality is that that place of dreams and visions the work of the spirit of god is where he begins to put new thoughts and, and open up new things and then we take that we believe it and then we bring it into the natural and we we see god manifest it because we believe it that's how this whole thing started abraham believed god and it was accounted to him as righteousness because he believed what god said he could do what he would be able to do which was a miracle right two old people have a baby and babies and multiplies and multiplies because god's faithful to his promise and his word he's not dependent on what we think he needs and what needs to be around us and all the rest and i've seen this over and over again he's just not held to anything like this we're going to see this in this account. 
This is the, and we're going to go to John 4, verse 4. We're going to start there. Jesus here, he had to go through Samaria on the way, and eventually he came to a Samaritan village. So they weren't even destined for Samaria. Samaria. They were traveling through it. So his disciples thought, right? Shown him, I'm sure that this lady was going to be there. This whole thing was going to happen. He was aware of it, but his disciples thought it was just a stop. They're going to go get food while he sits at a well. Because this is what it says here. It says, um, <clears throat> Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noon. So he's tired. His body is tired. Well, Jesus, he can do anything. No, he lived in our stinking body. Right? He got tired. He had to sleep and had to do all the rest, right? So let's keep this in context here because he's living in this body, but all of a sudden he's going to operate in a different realm. He says here, um, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. Why? Because Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. We have to understand the cultural context. They weren't supposed to talk to Samaritans. And then she was a woman. So that was a known. So the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So again, Jesus is breaking a barrier. He's creating a new way. He's bringing a new thought. And, and he's good at doing this. He's good at, we come in with one agenda, all of a sudden we're like, wait, what's going on here? And he unfolds something else, and you're like, Jesus, I just want to follow you. He's like, then just follow me. Just do the next thing that I put in front of you. And the disciples ran into this all the time with him. So it says here, um, so he said, she said, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would, <clears throat> you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you go get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals that his sons and animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. So again, he's talking about these two different worlds. He's like, sure, this is the reality. You're going to drink this water, but you're going to be thirsty again. But he's like, look, I'm going to show you something beyond the veil, something beyond what you can see. He says here, um, we'll soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. How many of you know that's a good response? Little did she know what's going to happen here. 
And how many, how many of you, you said yes, Lord, and you didn't realize what you said yes to because all of a sudden he like, okay. <laughs> let's rearrange this. Let's rearrange this. Let's do this. And your, your little comfortable, cute little world became interesting. Let's just say interesting. Right? <clears throat> he says, she says, and then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. How many, isn't, isn't it good she was just truthful? God wants us to be honest, even if we're not in a good spot. He wants us to be honest with where we're at. Sir, the woman said, you must be, you must be a prophet. <laughs> you kind of read my mail. You told me what, uh, you know, but she said, so tell me, why is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while the Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped? So this was the earthly battle in the religious kingdom. It was like, it's got to be at our mountain, and it's our church. We have the ultimate, ultimate epic worship team. We have smoke and lights, and oh, we have the best preaching. It's the most high-tech. Our online thing is our prayer team, and, you know, everyone's got their thing. And it's the battle of who's the bestest. And God's like looking at all this. It's like we're all building one kingdom. We're all trying to bring some part and some piece and bring this together so that one person is glorified. One. So she's going on and on. It says, um, and Jesus replied. He said, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is looking, he is looking for those who will worship him that way. Amen? This is what he's looking for. And so, you know, Jesus, again, is just spilling it out. He's just, again, bringing new thoughts. He's like, have you thought about this? And he always brings a parallel, but he brings it, drops a, a new thought. And then he, he begins to create, and he will see this. He begins to create a new way. And so the, the father... Um, and then, then the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming and the one who is called the Christ. The one who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Wow. He like spells it out completely. He totally reveals himself. This is a person who is not supposed to be talked to by a Jew. These are people that are pushed aside. The, the message was supposed to be for the Jew first. And Jesus takes a little detour here. Why? Because there's a hungry woman 
who is open for more. She's ready for a new thought. She's ready for a new dream and new ways. And we're going to see this. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. <gasps> Again, this is where we get into. And a lot of times, life brings us. How many know we all have things where we have been structured and brought into? And God understands the grid that we came through. And God understands our thoughts. And God understands. And I used to, you know, think, God, how can you, how can you get through all this? But he's smart. And like a good father, he knows how to deal with each of his children. He knows, oh, Greg's that one that holds his toy. It's the one toy he holds, and he keeps holding. Okay, this is how we're going to deal with Greg. And then, you know, I got this other one. All he does is smash his toys, right? He only has it for a few minutes. Right? And he, he knows how to deal with that one. Right? And so the disciples come, and they're like, they're shocked. Here he's talking to all of them. So they're, again, looking in this natural realm, which we live in. But how many know God wants to lift us up out of that? Every day, he wants us to see that was one of the reoccurring themes at the, at the replenish. It was, well, the whole theme was according to his riches and glory. We want to begin to look and see what is already ours and bring it down. How do we do that? First of all, we have to look up. First of all, we have to see maybe... We don't, we're not seeing what we need to see, but it's because we're look, choosing to look at this rather than that. And that there, there's power for this to overlay this and change it. The eternal is more powerful than the temporal. The temporal is subject to change. Amen? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you changed? How many of you thought I'd never change? Come on, both hands up. I fought God for three years when, when he was trying to get me to where, you know, I want, he wanted me to surrender my life completely. Three years I fought him. I was a professional athlete. I was training to be, and I was all in for that. That was my God. And God quickly knew how to make that thing spiral to where it was empty and void and dead and he knows how to get you to the end of yourself. But until then, it's not too much fun. But he's big enough to begin to put, give you a new thought, a new dream, and unfold a new way, and bring you into a new season. How many want that? And you know what? This woman wasn't expecting it. She was just going for water that day. That's all she was going for. So it says here, the, the disciples came back. Okay, now you got to realize, these guys are thinking, we're going to get the food. We're the Joe boys. We're just going to get the food, you know, do what we got to do, because Jesus is hungry. We're all hungry. We're going to come back, and then we're going to continue on our journey. And look at, it says here, first of all, they see her talking to him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask. <laughs> So they're like, this isn't supposed to be done, but he's doing it. And then it says, so what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? Or This is what they, they were thinking, but they didn't say. Uh, and the woman, 
left her jar, water jar, beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So, guess what? God knows how to get the loud mouths loud for the right thing. This woman starts going back to the village screaming. There's a prophet. There is someone who has told me. She's going on, and guess what happens? People start coming. This is the woman who's had four husbands, and number five isn't her husband. This is someone, how many, would it be my top pick for the evangelist for that city? Come on. But God has a different way. He has a different way. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. So they're in the natural. They're like, look, we're hungry. You were hungry. You were tired. You know, you need to eat something. That would have been me. I would have been the one definitely urging him. It's like food makes everything better. Just eat. Eat. Right? <laughs> Mike's like, hey, amen. <laughs> so they're like, just eat something. And here we're going to see again. He's living in a different arena. He's living in a different realm. And Jesus replied, he says, I have the kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? <laughs> Come on, think about it. That would be us. I would definitely be thinking that, right? Uh, and I'd be wondering what it was. Because <laughs> Because it might have been better than my lunch. <laughs> and they, they asked each other. Then it says, Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. That's food? Yeah, there are some things that are even deeper than natural hunger that gets satisfied when you are in the center of God's will. See, we live, we live for so many things, but the end goal, the purpose precedes production. You need to know your purpose. You need to know why you're here. You need to know the one who created you. That's the whole essence of everything that, everyone wants to be prosperous. Prosperous for what? If it doesn't have a purpose, it's meaningless. You die and someone's going to waste the money that you saved or built up or whatever. Why? Because it didn't have a purpose. And Jesus was like, look, the very essence of, of my, of, that makes me full and satisfies me truly is to be doing what God wants me to do in every moment. To be at the center of that and to finish the work that he's given me to do. That is life-giving. And we're like, we're so caught up in the, all the natural and the things on the outward, and it's like God wants us to draw from a, 
a banquet table, which we're going to look at next because Jesus talks about this, this kingdom and it's like a banquet. And there's food that we can enjoy that is ready. And this was part of it. This here, there was an opportunity. And well, let's read on. It says here, um, my, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between um, planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. In other words, we were just passing through this village. You didn't even notice these people. All you saw was McDonald's. <laughs> That's all you saw. The big golden arches. It was like, oh, Big Mac. Man, we need this. <laughs> right? But he says, look around. Wake up. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. This is, this is the true substance of, of everything that we're about. There's one thing we cannot do when we get to heaven, is we can't bring souls into the kingdom. That's done. We can only do it while we're here. This is the point where we, decisions are made. This is the point where we can take someone that's going in the direction of darkness and bring them to the light. This is our whole end game while we're here. The, the one who called us from darkness to light. We're to display those good works. We're to draw others with us. It's not about memorizing the Bible and how much of a brainiac you are and how many amazing prayers you can pray or how long you can pray or all these measurements that we have. It's about loving God and loving people. Period. That's our food. What's my calling? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's your calling. In any place you go, you're bringing heaven down and you're, you're ushering people to that place and you're saying, look, this that God is not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He's forgiven you. The good news is, it's not holding it over every person. The good news is, everyone beat themselves and beat themselves. You're not going there to beat, finish them off. You're saying, look, there's a way out. And we're doing that wherever we go. This Jesus sees this woman. She's stuck. She's in her fifth relationship. Yet, she was hungry for something more. So he's saying the fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are, are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. You know, some people are, oh, I don't know if I can win someone to the, to the Lord. Plant. They plant the seed. Just... Just plant a seed. Just, God loves you. So one plants, one, one, one harvests. Um, a, um, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant, and others had, had already done the work. 
And now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So here this crowd's coming. This is supposed to be just the stop point to get a few bites of food and get a bit of strength and keep going on the journey. But all of a sudden, one hungry woman gets, encounters Jesus. She starts telling all her friends, they're coming, and this whole crowd's begging Jesus, and they're like, please stay, please stay. And look at this. I love this. It says, so he stayed there for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. Amen? They, when Jesus began to speak, he was able to put new thoughts. He began to speak truth, and it began to create, and it began to resonate inside of them. See, guys, that's the thing we're, we're missing. We're, we're like with church. It's like we get into the, well, I got to go to the program, go to the worship. And if, you know, does a person, what if they're not comfortable in worship? It's all these outward things. And it's like, did they feel the love of Jesus? Did they see the love of Jesus? Did they experience his touch? Was it, it's about him. It's about revealing him. It's about if they've got these thoughts that are warped for whatever reason life brings, religion maybe, different things, are we able to speak to that argument and bring it down and bring truth to that situation? But, but is it about reaching that person? I'm asking myself that because there's a lot of times we get into all the outward and it's like, no, our end goal is, is souls. The ones that Jesus died for, me being one of them. But now I need to see other souls come to him. And we grow together. Our three things as a church, experiencing Jesus, growing together, serving others. That's what we're all about. Three things. It's all you keep doing in a cycle. Experiencing Jesus, growing together, serving others. Experiencing Jesus, growing together, Serving and anyone can do it. Amen? That's, that's what we want. Now, he's got a banquet. He's into food. God likes food, and he likes parties. Why? Because the marriage supper of the Lamb is seven years of celebrating over dinner. Seven years. Seven years of celebrating over food. Pretty good, eh? If you understand the Jewish culture, they have multiple feasts and celebrations, and each one of the celebrations, each, each one is several days long. They know how to celebrate, and they know how to take time and to have holidays and to enjoy them. Their weddings are days, not just a day. Their days of celebrating. So this is where Jesus came from. 
So we're like, it's an hour or two party. He's like, uh, we're just getting started, guys. Daniel will love this. He, he knows how to celebrate. And so he uses a lot of illustrations for us to understand. And in Luke, he, gives a par- he shows the parable of the great feast. And I love this. Because now we understand that there's a food and there's a drink that we know not of. Or we do know, but we don't continually drink of it or eat of it. But it's there. It's there for us to enjoy. And we're going to look at this with the banquet. So let's go to Luke 14, 16. It says here, a man prepared a great feast. And we know this is God. And he sent out many invitations. So the first thing I want us to see is the heart of God for everyone to be invited. How many know when you're having a party or a wedding or whatever, where it's a big banquet, it's a celebration, you want to get as many people as possible, right? You send out those invitations. You're excited. You're like, we're going to be together. We're going to be able to spend time together. We're going to be able to enjoy good things together, um, good food together. It's just, it's going to be fun. And this is what he's saying here. There's a great feast. And he sends out many invitations. And the banquet was ready. And he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Okay, now, I like food and I also cook food. I enjoy cooking. And I cook for my family when we have all of our kids there and the grandkids. It's 15. So... I'm cooking meals for 15 now. And it's quite a, you have to figure out what to cook that it's going to be able to, of course, go to that many people. And how do you time it for the meal? And it's just, you're you're thinking of, but you know, when it gets delayed and they don't show up and they're just, you know, and you spend all this time and you're thinking about everything that you, you prepared and you're thinking about how everyone's going to enjoy this when we're together. How many... Some of you are like, you, you go out to eat too much. You don't even, you're not even, it's not even all your, you're like, no, I just, I just eat to survive. <laughs> no, no, it's, this is good. And this is your destiny. Your father is preparing a banquet for you. There's lots of celebrating in heaven. And so it's ready, though. It's ready. And so, what's, what's the appropriate response? I was invited, I'm going to come, because it is ready to eat. Amen? How many know that's the appropriate response? That's not what happened here. But they all began making excuses. One said, I just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so my wife said I can't come. <laughs> no. <laughs> I added that in there. <laughs> My wife would not say that. My wife would kick me there. <laughs> I 
so I can't come. Now, this is interesting. It doesn't say the servant tried to convince them and beg them to come. The servant went and told his master. So he just, he didn't deal with that. He went back to the one who prepared the banquet. And he said, this is the response. And the master was furious. And he didn't go. And he didn't beat all of them up. He just said, they don't come, someone else will. They were dismissed. They missed out on a really good banquet. They just missed out. Why? Priorities. All of those are priorities. Just priorities. Life. You always make time for what you put first. We always make time for what we put first. And it's, you know, I'll read on. It says here, the, the master was furious, so he said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Go out into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come. And this is why, so that my house will be full. Amen? So that my house will be why because what Jesus gave to that woman at the well was living water and was food she did not know anything about it absolutely transformed and changed her life and it began to change those around her and it was something that they didn't even know was there because they were stuck in this routine and, and those that were with Jesus were in, were, were in that pattern and that rut of just seeing just one thing. And Jesus was like, no, there's more. Wake up, guys. Look. The harvest is ripe. There's a banquet. It's like there's more for us. And the food that we, 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 we want, well, I, I think a lot of times we're searching in church and we're, we're wondering, like, where, where am I going to get this? Where, you know, I, I need more. I need more from God. Part of that is when we do the will of him who sent us, there's a food and a nourishment that comes only from that. It doesn't come from hearing the word preached. It doesn't come from just having an awesome worship time. It comes when we're giving it away. And I'll tell you, there are many that want this. I want to talk about the kids' club because it, it goes on every, well, every other week now. It used to be every week. We, we can't do every week right now because we need a, a, a bigger volunteer base. We need more workers. We have lots of kids. And you know what? These kids, they, they don't get the opportunity to go to church. Many of them haven't gone to church. But for them, it's their only safe place where they, they get to hear something good about God, where they get to be in an environment where they're loved. They're told that they're valued and they're important. We've got kids that have been gone from this program for 
and out of it now for 10 years and I've come back and I've realized, look, this is something that meant more to me than anything in my life. And we're like, you know, we, we can sit in church and we can be to the point where we're just kind of, we're in this routine of just, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to get the same. It's like, no, there's more food. There's more for all of us. But it's as we do the will of him who sent me, and I believe he's going to begin to put new thoughts. You're going to begin to see things that you didn't see before. You're going to be, I'm believing, for myself and for us as a church, we're going to see the lost in a different way. We're going to begin to get the dream of God and how he can transform and change things around us by his power. Amen? And then we, that he will begin to unfold new ways. And I, I, I see these new ways are not going to be the way we thought he was going to do things. We're going to stumble in to a lot of things. And it's like, oh, okay, that's how you got me here. It's not going to be in your traditional... Why? Because he wants to... He wants to break barriers. You know what strongholds are? They're arguments in your mind and your thinking. And the devil is a master at getting you to think stupid things. Things that tear you down. Things that destroy you. Gives you thoughts of fear and all kinds of different things. And those arguments, they, they, they hinder you when you go to step out. How many have experienced that? And you're like, you go to step into this new, and it's like... And sometimes God just has to like just kind of pick you up and pull. it's like learning to swim. My dad just picked me up, threw me in the pool before I could ever think, you know, because I was that one. I had to figure it out and just kind of, you know, and I'm, you know, sitting there and he's like, oh, here. Now he's there to pick me up before I drown, but like you figure out how to swim. <laughs> and sometimes we're like, What's happening here? And like sometimes our father knows we can do much more than we know we can do. And he throws us into something and we're like we're scrambling, but he's right there. He's upholding us with his hand. But we're figuring it out as we go. Because sometimes we just get stuck. We're just like. And he's like, look, there's a banquet and there's food and it's, and it's ready. Are you going to come to the table? So how do we come to the table? We come wherever we know God is moving and we're expecting him to do something. We, we come and we show up. You know, that's what a banquet is. Everyone's together. He's talking about this. He's talking about, you know, the gathering. Everyone being together. It's so important. And that's been hit so hard in COVID. Everyone's just kind of like, I'll just stay here in my corner and we just never know what's going to happen. I'm just going to, and they build this little wall around you and it's like, no, we need each other. We need to be together more than ever. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren together, but um, even more, even more so as you see the day approaching. In other words, as it gets closer to the end, we need to be getting together more, not less. Amen. And we need that with each other. And it's like, we don't even understand how much we need it. But 
If we trust our Father, we do our part, and He unfolds that and what it looks like. But we got to show up. We can't come with our lame excuses. Oh, I got a basketball tonight. Oh, I got, oh, no, not that basketball's not good. In the right priority. <laughs> we have to have those priorities in the right place. There are certain things that we guard. It's like, no, this is for God. You know, when we grew up, Sunday was like set apart day for God. How many remember that, those days? Nothing was open on Sunday. It was a sacred day. Okay, how many remember those days? Please put up your hand. I'm interested. Okay. So mostly older, mature people. <laughs> and that day was like it was God's. You know, you went to church. It was very rare that you didn't. And we're feeling like, oh, that's traditional. You know what? It still was something set apart for God. And I know, even growing up, all those times, there, was, there always were special things that God did. There were deposits. There were different things that happened. When that, and that made room for at least God to do something. Now what's happened is everything is just common. Everything is just, we just treat everything the same. It's just kind of like, oh, I would just throw this there. And God's like at this piping hot dinner, and you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it in with this and this and this and this. And you're on your phone, and you're like this, and he's like, the food's ready. Like, eat it. Well, just one, three more texts. You know, and oh, wait, I gotta check my Facebook page. I gotta, you know, make sure. Oh, yeah, I got, oh, three likes. Okay, now I can eat for sure, right? And it's like, and it's just all these things, and you're like, and he's like, no. It's right there for you now. And, and you got to take it when it's there. And so what we did, in, and, and this is what we decided to do. And it's not just because we're pastors, because before we were pastors, we were, were just people that loved Jesus, and we still are. But now we pastor in the midst of it. But you can go to find a good church, or you can go to be a good church. And I've decided I'm going to be a good church and I'm going to be a good boy, sit down at the table and eat the food. And the food is his word, it's worship, it's ministering life to those around. It's, it's so many things. It's all these different things. How many know with food there's multifacets of food? There's hors d'oeuvres and there's different types of main course and there's side dishes and there's <laughs> and it's it can't limit it to one thing but it's like when you come to the place the banquet the place where it all happens and where's the banquet wherever two or three are gathered in my name there i am bringing a banquet it's piping hot and it's ready and he's got more and more and more. And so when we're coming together, it's like, okay, what, what does he want? What, what is the will of our Father? And what does he want us to do? And as we enter into those things, he begins to unfold it. But we're expecting something. Amen? And not just showing up. Oh, yeah, that's what I got to do. Oh, yeah, pastor should be really glad I'm here today. You know, we, we get these think, thinkings, and it's like, no. 
No, that's, we're coming to, to eat, to partake of what he has for us. And sometimes it's broccoli. And it's like we don't like it. Or sometimes, yeah, it's a big juicy steak. Sometimes, you know, like it's so many different things. But he has something for us. And we need to come expecting. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.